2: Climbers, if you want success as an artist, you're going to need fans. To get fans, you'll have to get their attention. The secret to gaining their attention is hook points. What are hook points? You're going to learn that today, and I'll show you how to create them. Welcome to the Climb! This is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you create leverage in the music business. Leverage is what you're going to need in today's music industry. You don't have to ask anybody's permission. That's the good news. The bad news is you got to do it yourself, but you can. You can reach the audience. You can show them their music. They can get turned on to you. You can create a business. And then when that happens, you have leverage. And when that happens, they come to you and you're on your way. That's why we called it The Climb, C-L-I-M-B, Creating Leverage in the Music Business. That's a backsternum from my good friend and co-host, Mr. Brent Baxter. Also happens to be an award-winning hit songwriter with cuts by, I don't know, some marginal artists you probably haven't heard of, like eh, Randy Travis. <laughs> Lady A. Who's Monday Morning Church? I'm Alan Alan Jackson, you might have heard of him, right? You might have heard of these songs, Monday Morning Church, for crying out loud. What I love about Brent, though, is listen, man, he shares all this with you. He's helping songwriters like you turn pro by revealing how you write like a pro, do business like a pro, and on a regular basis, he connects you with the pros. You get opportunities to make relationships that can further your career, and that's how this works. You can find Brent at songwritingpro.com. Once again, songwritingpro.com.
0: And I would like to introduce you to my co-host, Johnny DeWinell. Johnny owns Daredevil Production. They're breaking artists digitally by identifying new fans through data. Yes, it's complicated, but Johnny knows all the big words. If you're an artist looking to increase your streams, blow up your video views, sell more live show tickets, and get discovered by new fans, TV, and music industry pros, then Daredevil Production can help. Daredevil has worked with multi platinum artists like Colin Ray, Tracy Lawrence, Ty Herndon, and Andy Griggs, just to name a few. You can find Johnny at DaredevilProduction.com. That is production, singular no s and there is no s because there is no other johnny d
2: brother 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 what's
0: going on man i'm my chair squeaking i'm gonna have to try not to move for the next 30 minutes <laughs> so Ren has less to edit <laughs> sorry Ren. oh that's funny that's funny it just started once you hit the red button it just started i, I promise it didn't make a noise before then.
2: <laughs> i'm good though i'm good that's funny dude i got josh uh my artist josh roy Is a lot going on this month, so i got to shout him out here at the beginning of the show. Mm -hmm. On the 24th, 25th, and 26th, he's playing all three days at the Party in the Desert Festival with a number of different headliners at this festival, the biggest of which, I think, is Lainey Wilson. Mm -hmm. And there's an opportunity, I'm putting it out there, I'm not sure it'll happen, but there's an opportunity where we might get him to go up on stage with Lainey and sing the male parts on the duets that she has. She's got a couple duets, like Wait in the Truck. That's cool. So we're flying out there for that. It's like really exciting. We've got like this RV with this manager and and sort of, it's just like, I mean, it's out in the middle, it's in Wickenburg, dude, in the middle of the damn desert. Yeah, yeah. So that's fun. And then actually next week, we're going to hang out with him because he's coming into town and for the song Angels Cry, which we have, Mm -hmm. I had my friend, my brilliant, brilliant friend, Lala Deaton. Arrange like the second verse of this song kind of takes you to church a little bit, yeah. And it's a patriotic song, but the chorus is also a little churchy. You know, it's it's um, I believe in the right to pray and the one who gives and, and takes away. And when I stand up tall, when old glory flies, and you know, so it's very sort of like in that mode. Mm. And I just I was hearing like a gospel choir. I'm like, we can do a gospel choir on this. And so I had Lala who is just a machine and a brilliant arranger, you know, I said, can you arrange this for me just in the second verse in the second course? I want to see if this is going to suck. Like, am I, is it going to go to cheese mill or is it going to yeah. be cool? You know what I mean? And she's like, yeah. And so she went and did the arrangement and we, we talked, we had like two meetings. I'm like, here's what I want. Here's how I kind of wanted to go. So I was giving her like a framework for what I wanted, but mm-hmm. it was her job to like arrange it and make it work. And all the altos, the baritones. And so then she sends me back a recording where she stacks. because she's a brilliant singer, too. She stacks yeah. up all the tracks. So it doesn't sound like a choir, but you can hear the arrangement. You know, every single line is there. Yeah. With one voice. And then the idea would be we would take that arrangement and go in and record a gospel choir. So that's what we did. And we're going into actually going into Kent Wells' studio. Dolly's producer is a friend of mine. We're going in on Monday evening and I got the arrangements back. We did like the recordings. I I sort of peppered it into the track and I was like, oh, this is this. Not only does this work, this is going to make this like freaking epic. It's just going to make it an epic. So I'm super stoked about that. I've never produced or recorded a gospel choir before so i'm really just excited about that man Mm -hmm. i haven't like i'm I'm, i don't know i'm just jones and sharing a win like i'm just like yeah i'm so excited (laughs) nice nice. and josh will be if you're in nashville by the way josh will be wednesday this when does this drop this is probably going to drop right before that this is going to drop on the 14th so the day before Okay, so Josh will be in town tomorrow at the Freak Show at the local in Nashville, which is the high-end curated writer night. So if you're in town, stop on by, come and have a cocktail, and see what's going on. I plan on being there too, so come. Brand on. will be there too. Uh, the, the Climb Show will be there in full, right, right, for both right. of us. So anyway, well, today, dude, we're going to talk about we're going to talk about something that's like super super important in marketing. I've Jonesed off this book that I read called Hook Point. How to Stand Out in a 3 Second World by Brendan Kane. I just I got through two chapters of this book and I had to do show prep because I'm like okay climbers need to know this. Yeah. So that's what we're going to get into today. But real quick, let's take care of some business. Join the climb community at facebook.com forward slash climb forward or sorry, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the climb community. You have to ask to be let in. We let everybody in. Please come and join us. This is an active community Mm -hmm. where they're helping each other. There's places for you to tell us about your gigs, for you to tell us about your new music, for you to tell us about your wins, a meeting you've got coming up, a video you're gonna shoot, whatever. We wanna hear all about it. There's a place for everything and everything goes in its place. And you've got peers and connections being made through marketing. There's connections being made with writers, like overseas getting together and having success and getting syncs and making money and moving forward, All all as a result of the love and the attention and I think the energy that these people put into this group. We take full credit. And so we're real proud of that. And we want you to be a part of it, right? That's so right. what are some wins? We share the wins all the time,
0: right? What? Are- yes, we share the new Heights post every Wednesday morning. So it's okay if you share a win in there on a day that isn't Wednesday, but just find the new Heights post and share it as a comment there. First, one we have is from climber Brian Williams it says, apparently he is... And I'll just read this. this is from NSAI. Congratulations to this year's lyric category finalist for the 23rd annual song contest presented by Bluebird Cafe in CMT. I think the winners will be announced by the time this comes out. But Brian is one of the two finalists in the lyric category. So awesome and Good luck, Brian. I hope that goes your way, man. That's awesome.
2: Congratulations,
0: Brian. Yes. We have another one. Buddy Lee Daubertine says had a song that Michael August shared with his team. So he, uh, Michael August, we actually had him as a play for publisher guest over Songwriting Pro earlier this year. And Buddy Lee, I think this was through a different avenue, but he got a hold of Michael and shared a song with him that Michael Doug and shared with his team. So good job, buddy. And and there's some others on there. So congrats to y'all and keep on climbing.
2: Yeah, and and today is March eighth that we're recording this. Yes. And if I'm not mistaken I could be one day off, but I'm pretty sure today is Buddy Lee Daubertine's birthday. Oh man. I think I saw that in Facebook.
0: If so, happy birthday. If not, happy birthday when it's
2: your birthday. For a day early, happy early birthday. For day late, happy belated birthday. But <laughs> Right. Either way, this is dropping next week. So Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, so it'll be belated for you. But I mean, I'm telling you, we're recording it on this day, so today. There we go. But anyway, all right, so listen, share the podcast with a friend. That's the best thing you can do. People need this information, other artists, other musicians, certainly people on your team. Turn them on to this. Mm Mm-hmm there's knowledge here. There's proximity here. There's stuff that's going to help you get ahead. Share it. That's the best way you can do to honor us and make sure you follow the podcast or subscribe to it so you don't miss an episode. If you look at an episode and you decide that's not for you, that's one thing. Mm-hmm. But we want to make sure you get to make the choice and you're know and you aware <laughs> that it's there, right? <laughs> that's right. That's right. All right. So let's get into it. We got a lot, of cover,
0: a lot to cover here. I like the title of the book, Hook Points. That has me intrigued already.
2: Yeah. This is the book. So listen, I'm ripping this directly off from this and it's just fantastic here's what it looks like where my staff is in the process of migrating this whole podcast over to youtube by the way so you're going to be able to see us and hear us if Mm -hmm. you choose to consume it that way so which is why i have a shirt on. i'm saying that because i'm holding this book up to the camera so you can see it but it's gonna be a while before it's on youtube right where i don't know how far we are through the whole but all of the episodes from the last seven seven years in march that's crazy over
0: 500 episodes, seven years. It's insane. We, we've been at this. Minute. Congrats
2: to you, my friend.
0: Congrats to us. Good job hanging in there, Johnny.
2: Yeah. I'm just genuinely grateful to always get to do this with you and share the different things we're trying to do to get ahead and to improve with each other. And I'm grateful to have you as a partner, buddy. I want to tell you that a lot. Thank you. Likewise. Likewise. All right. So, man, we, you know, I get to work with like really good indie artists that are important Mm -hmm. and they know what they're doing they know how to make the donuts they're professional they make really competitive donuts (laughs) yeah a few of these artists even know like why they're doing it right Mm -hmm. like they really have that far along on their journey they're that self-aware if you think about Simon Sinek start with why yeah but even when artists have clarity in these areas which means they're way down their path on their artist journey Mm -hmm. They often struggle to maintain a potential audience's attention long enough to get them, that audience, to learn about the artist or the song or the brand. And, you know, when I say this, I'm, I'm even meaning major label artists. Like mm-hmm. the, the major labels are having problems with this, too. Yeah. So to get their attention, you have to adapt your promotion to capture their attention or you're going to lose. Mm-hmm. Period. We see over 5,000 ads a day. That's crazy. 5,000 promotions a day. So even what worked brilliantly six months ago Mm -hmm. does not work today. And so you have to be constantly innovating. And that's where the hook point is, okay? Mm -hmm. So there's no shortage of generational, amazing, life-changing artists out in the world We just don't know about them because they fail to achieve the success that they aspire to Mm -hmm. or the success that they're capable of and worthy of Mm -hmm. because they can't talk about or communicate what they do effectively in the right moment. They haven't cut through the noise. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So again, I'm going to repeat that. There's no shortage of amazing generational life artists and you're one of them that are out in the world. It's just you're failing to achieve the success that you need and growing your audience and cutting through the noise because you don't know how to communicate what it is that you do effectively. And I think most artists think that as long as they have good art, it'll find its own audience. And that's what they've been told. Right. Yeah.
0: But that's not true. That's how it seems. That's how it appears. Right. Yeah. I heard good music and it found me. Look at that. It happens. It's right.
2: If that was the case and all the record labels with all the money who get to sign all the best artists because they're the record labels and they have all the money, they wouldn't have promo departments.
0: No, they would not.
2: 95% 95% of your record budget would not go to promo. Uh-huh. It would go to making more music because it's just good music. And as long as it's good, it'll sell. And as long as it sells and it finds its own audience, we don't need to spend any money, any time, any blood, sweat, and tears, and creative energy trying to figure out how to sell it. It sells itself, right? Uh-huh. Wrong. 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 Right. So if you want the music to do the talking, if you want the music to be heard, and if you believe that when the music does the talking, that people are going to fall in love with you, I believe that's true as well. They will fall in love with you just as soon as someone gets to listen to it. Yeah. Right. And so what you have to understand here is in the marketing world, in the promotion world, which is a huge, huge, huge part of what you are trying to do As an artist, when you're trying to bring your music to the market, it's promotion. And I think it's lost on artists because they care so much about the music that they don't understand that people care about themselves, not your brand, Hmm. not your song. Mm -hmm. And so if you're constantly putting... They're tuned in. You know what
0: radio station they're tuned into? Their own. W-I-I... FM W I I F M. That's right. You know what that stands for? <laughs> what? What's in it for me?
2: The What's in it for me FM. That's right. they are tuned into W I I F M. That's right.
0: Everybody That's is. Right. What's in it for me?
2: <laughs> That's perfect. I love that. I'm stealing that. <laughs> you know, so if you're constantly putting like your brand and your song in the spotlight, potential fans are going to tune you out. Mm-hmm. And here's a great illustration of that. You ever been on a date where the other person constantly just talking about themselves?
0: Man, I've been that person. I can think of one time, and that's a not a good memory, and it wasn't a good date.
2: Yeah, <laughs> so, and you just were yeah. sort of embarrassed at yourself, right? Like you're just like, oh, shut up! <laughs> Why can't I shut up? Right? Right? It's the quintessential horrible date. And what happens? Think about how dating happens, right? Dating is a one to one exchange. You go out to dinner; it's you and this other person. It's not. This other person and a boatload of your friends and a boatload of their friends, and that's the date. That might be where you meet, but there's no crowd that's going to help factor you in there. It's one-to-one, and when it's down to -to one-to-one, it's about what are you going to do for me, Mm -hmm. right? It's different than... Being on stage where you're the most famous person in the room at that time. Yeah. And everybody has no choice but to pay attention to you. That is a broadcast exchange. That's a different exchange. Mm -hmm. So the way that you have success on stage and dominate an audience on stage is a formula that you understand, that you work, that hopefully you continue to craft but it is not the same thing that you can do in a one-to-one exchange that won't work Mm -hmm. because that becomes, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. And it has the opposite effect, right? If you're just on stage and behaving that way on stage, commanding the attention, doing all the talking, never letting anybody from the audience come into your show, but you're doing that on a one-to-one date. Well, you're an asshole. (laughs) right right i mean so think about how like totally acceptable totally works totally what we not only acceptable what we expect Mm -hmm. of you to be a good performer on a stage and then you've got to behave differently on a date right and so that's what this is about here so if you're behaving like this to promote your music and your artist brand you're doomed and artists need to focus on how they can add value to their audiences Mm-hmm. You know, I was funny. I was
0: just to back this up, this thought I was looking back over uh, Hacking Music huh. from our friends John Pichot and Wade Sutton. You know, that we had them on yeah. a long time ago talking about this book. It's available on Amazon and stuff. But I was looking back through that and it was talking about performance. It said aspiring artists try to put all the focus on themselves and their music, but successful artists put the focus on their fans. And that's what made Taylor huge. Yes. Was the fan focus.
2: Yeah. In fact, in this book, Hook Point, Brendan Kane. The author of this book was one of the first people on the business digital end that was very freaking responsible for a huge part of Taylor Swift's success on digital early on in her career. They hired him. They hired Brendan. Oh, there we go. Do some of this stuff. And it's like, this is a good read, man. I'm not shilling for the book, but there's a lot of amazing stuff in here that he did in the music industry that's pretty cool and I want to get your marketing and promotion chops and that muscle built up in the same way that Brent and I try so hard to get your through song title challenge, to get that muscle Mm -hmm. developed and working. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's not enough to have great art. You know, we work so hard as artists to adapt and to improve and to become better craftsmen of a song of the art of making a record of a live performance is so three-dimensional. It's so sophisticated. And then to have all of that at a place where you've grown and you've become seriously competitive, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're a force to be reckoned with. And then to not be able to drive that beautiful car that you built around the block and show it off simply because you think that that's all it is. Mm -hmm. You're missing the other point, right? Mm -hmm. That having the great art and a great performance is enough. It's not. If you look at Guns N' Roses, again, like you can't argue Appetite for Destruction, whether you love Guns N' Roses or hate Guns N' Roses, that record was so good. That art was so good. It remains the biggest selling debut album from an artist in the history of the music business. 30 million records sold, debut record. But the record was a stiff for the first year because they couldn't get it in front of people. Mm. So stop thinking it's all about the quality of the art. Yes, you have to have quality art. But quality art has absolutely nothing to do with getting people to experience it. Mm -hmm. So it's really only quality art if someone thinks it's quality art. And how can they think it's quality art if they haven't experienced the art? (laughs) Right. Right. So, how do you? It is subjective. How are you going to subject them to your art? (laughs) Exactly. Right? How they have to hear? And not just once, you know, like the next episode I'm already starting to do show prep on is we're going to go down just a deep dive, but this is going to be like super, super candy, like super ear candy, but just, I'm going to start asking you questions, Brent, and you're going to guess like, okay, is this market penetration or is it exposure? And we're going to talk about that. Okay. That's next episode. That's a little teaser right there. Okay. All right. But How do you cut through the noise with your content? How do you do it enough to get people to pay attention to where they're going to give the music a chance? And then at that point, all that work that you did to become a craftsman, a master craftsman of the song and the live performance Mm -hmm. and even your content, if you're doing great at creating content, which we've been preaching for years on this podcast, like enough that they'll start to consume that and now you start to get a chance and then you start to grow your audience hook points hook points is the answer okay Mm -hmm.
0: so this reminds me already of my wife emily Uh so i had met her one time briefly out at the broken spoke because her my now brother-in-law her brother Mm -hmm. matt klein buddy of mine right Mm -hmm. and so she came to visit from missouri and he was out playing at the broken spoke so i went out to Support him, whatever, and go out. And and then he's like, hey, two of my sisters are in. So it was Jeannie and Emily. And so I walked over and said, hey, how you doing? Hey, I'm Matt's friend, whatever, and walked back. I don't think Emily remembers that. Mm-hmm. However, then a couple years later, she came to visit while Matt and I were roommates and stayed in my house for a week. And we married now. You got some
2: market penetration.
0: I had to. Yeah, it's, uh, I got a joke. <laughs> yes. So it's like, how did I cut through the noise? I'm such a special case. God had to put her in my house for a week. Like just briefly passing by. Hey, I'm Matt friend. How you doing? No impression. Right. I'm sure she thought she'd never met me before. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and same thing with me too. She's, oh, Matt's cute sisters are here. Cool. Hey, they're cute. Going back to Missouri now. Sure. And that was it. And then how do we cut through the noise? Reach and frequency. Yeah. Anyway. Reach and frequency. That's right. It made me think of that. Yes. Reach and fre- I love that. She was finally within reach.
2: So, yeah. <laughs> and you had the moment to make the frequency happen. You had the time frame in it. Exactly. Because you was stuck at my house. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not talking about... When I say hook points, I'm not talking about melodic or lyrical hooks in your song, but the idea is the same, right? Like that lyrical hook, that melodic hook is an earworm that keeps you humming it over and over and over. It's sticky. Mm -hmm. The hooks that I'm talking about, hook points, are designed to get people to give your musical hooks a chance, okay? Mm -hmm. And these hooks are designed to position a consumer where your music and your talent can do the talking, where you're going to get a chance to gain their attention and get a moment to flex your muscle and show them what you can do. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, that is the formula that it's always been for blowing up an artist's brand, get the art and the artist in front of new eyeballs and as many eyeballs as often as possible and let them do their thing. Right. Mm -hmm. If it's a competitive artist, if it's a compelling artist with competitive product, you are going to grow fans. It's that simple. It really is that simple. Right. Mm -hmm. So don't confuse a hook point with clickbait. Mm. it's easy to do because they kind of smell and look the same at first. They walk and talk the same, but clickbait is clicking through to useless content, right? To see pictures of the world's biggest rubber band ball or images of your favorite celebrity who've had too much freaking plastic surgery.
0: Yeah, or it's uh, bait and switch. Yeah. It's clickbait and switch. It's not even about what they're going to find. I- I've seen some of these recently, and I nominate them for the spammies. Yeah. But in the Facebook feed where it's like, oh my gosh, Will Smith confirms this about his son or whatever. Yeah. And I don't click on it, but I'm like, nothing happened. Yeah, that's something else. Or it makes it sound like his kid died or something.
2: Or his kid turned gay or some big salacious thing. And it turns out his kid took the garbage out. And, and he was wow. proud of him. Couldn't believe he finally did yeah. it. Yeah. It's like
0: blowing this thing out of proportion. And just to get me, I'm like, no, don't do
2: that. Exactly. Well, and so this is why I want to be very clear on this, right? So. You know, hook points in the first three seconds of your content get people's attention and drive traffic to good, competitive, valuable content. Valuable meaning the content is inspirational, educational, or entertaining. So you could describe a hook point as clickbait, but with substance to back it up. Mm. And that's the important thing, okay? Because I know artists are extremely leery, and understandably so, and rightly so, of being perceived as a marketer, a slimy, smarmy used car salesman, a cheap clickbait distributor, or I even like what you said, Brent, clickbait and switch distributor. Mm -hmm. It feels yucky. We don't freaking like it. And so we don't want to risk as artists being even misconstrued as being over in that pile of people, right? Right. Because if it looks like in the beginning, like it might be clickbait, there's going to be some people that are just going to assume we're full shit. And that's not, that's not the case when you back it up with substance. So here's the bottom line. Hook points are mission critical promotional tactics mm-hmm. that you need to learn how to do. And you're going to suck at first, Okay. But you need to learn how to do it. So I'm going to give you just a couple quick examples of some really famous ones that are brilliant. And starting with, you remember uh, that actor, that old actor, Ernest Borgnine? Yeah. Yeah. You know Mm -hmm. who he is? I think he was in- Wild Bunch. He was in Airwolf. Yeah. He was in Convoy, the movie. Remember with Chris Christopherson? He was like the bad sheriff, I think, or something. Mm -hmm. So his wife back in the 70s, his wife, Tova Borgnine, launched a perfume scent back in the 1970s. Okay. And their ad agent threw a launch party at the Century Plaza Hotel in Los Angeles and put an ad in the newspaper. Here's the hook point. Tova Borgnine swears under oath that her perfume doesn't contain an illegal sexual stimulant. <laughs> the sub-headline, the subheadline: wife of famous movie star agrees to give away 10,000 samples just to prove it's safe to wear in public. More than 7,000 people showed up to the hotel. It would have been more than that if it wasn't for the fire marshals having to step in for public safety because it was overfilling. And the Borg Nines went from grossing $20,000 a month to $800,000 a month on that fragrance. Wow. So they had a great freaking fragrance, right? They had good art. They had a good product, Mm -hmm. but it was the hook that launched it. It was the hook point. And the hook point in this case, cut to the chase- by cleverly focusing on exactly why people purchase perfume in the first place.
0: Isn't that true? <laughs> right. What do they say? The three main things that people buy for, get laid, get paid, don't die. Yeah. Yeah. That one falls
2: firmly in the middle. That's right. The three main verticals. Yeah. So that's yeah, exactly right. It's finance, it's love, and it's well, finance, health and love, longevity. and health, health and wellness. Yeah. yeah. So, Timberland Boots, here's another one. guy named Ernest Lupinacci, who's the founder of the Anomaly Ad Agency. So, you know what, guys? We're talking about some marketing stuff here, okay? Yeah. And you need to know about this. This is not dirty. This is not gross. This does not devalue your music. In fact, it's the opposite. When this is done right, this is what adds value to your music because more people are going to hear it, the more people that hear it, the more people that like it, the more people that like it, the more people that share it. And next thing you know, it's really freaking possible that you make a good living doing what you're born to do. Mm-hmm. Like a living where you can have a house and new cars and go on vacations and send your kids to college and live the life that you want to live, your best life. So this one's uh, Timberland boots. And here's the hook point. Your eyes are frozen. Your skin has turned black. You're technically dead. Let's talk boots. <laughs> okay? So this guy, Ernest Lupinacci, <laughs> he researched hypothermia Uh and brilliantly described what happens as he juxtaposed that dramatic information against the implied solution for hypothermia, Timberland boots, right? Mm -hmm. And that ad captured the attention of people who wish to engage in extreme outdoor activities without freezing to death. (laughs) And the rest of the copy in this magazine ad Lupinacci like, wrote an essay mm-hmm. about hypothermia and woven a bunch of the different design elements of Timbaland Boots, but the hook was so good on this, nobody needed to read the essay. They got the point, point. Yeah. and the boot sales went through the roof because, hey, these are not for show. Mm-hmm. This is show business boots, not show friends, not show fashion. This is show business. This is for real outdoor people, right? Mm-hmm. So you know from listening to the podcast here, you need to make content. You need to make consistent content. And you need to get good hook points on each piece of content that you put out, Mm -hmm. right? In the same way, like Brent, you and I slave over email subject lines. Just before we started recording this episode, the last thing I did on my show prep for this, which was literally five minutes before we pressed record, was come up with my cold open that we always have in the podcast. Mm -hmm. And it was shite. And Brent was like, "Eh, eh, eh, yeah, and I was like, okay. And so Brent, like, like
0: really quick sleep. I love you brother, but I needed way too much coffee to understand that cold open. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And help me, help me craft that cold open because guess what? That's the hook point that's going to get you to decide whether or not you're going to listen through the five minutes of blather we have to use Brent's words at the beginning (laughs) of the episode to get to the meat and potatoes, right? Like that's the hook. And we crafted it, and I think we did a it's, f- it's far better than it was before we started, but I was so focused on com- putting the content together. It- what is it uh, Benjamin Franklin said when
0: he wrote a letter to someone? He says, Sorry for the length of my letter. If I'd had more time, it would have been shorter. It was Mark Twain. Mark Twain. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes. So that kind of thing. I didn't
2: uh, Yeah. Sorry for the long letter. I didn't have enough time to write you a short one. <laughs> exactly. Which is editing. <laughs> That's exactly
0: right? right, though. But also, like the cold opens they're the kind of the three second rule hopefully get your attention right then let you know what's up Mm -hmm. but the other thing is what is it focused on it is hopefully focused on this is why you should listen this is why this is going to help you it's not why it's going to help us for you to listen yeah not about us it's about you exactly why you need to know about the points because this is going to help you get more fans and make more money that's not about us that's about you and that's probably why you're still listening
2: Good point. And you know, your point, your immediate comment was like, there's a lot of 50 cent words in there. Yeah. I was like, I lost me. (laughs) And I was like, uh, I knew you were right because I put no tension on that. That was the last thing I did. So I'm like, okay. And I just kind of shut up and you started talking and I just started making changes like immediately. You know what I mean? And we got a better hook point because of it. And that's going to result no matter what, it's definitely going to result in increased, Consumption of this podcast episode than would have happened had you not stepped in and done that. That's a fact. Mm-hmm. That's a fact. So, did the hook point change the quality and the value of the information within this podcast? No. No. But more people are going to experience it now because. Thank God you took the time and smacked me around a little bit and helped me craft that, you know, which I'm, I'm grateful for. Well, I owed you for, you know, smacking me around on some of my
0: event information <laughs> pages. So you had it coming for helping me that's so fair, harshly. That's fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> love you, brother.
2: <laughs> I love you too, man. So you're going to need to hook, you're going to have to hook them in in like the first three seconds of your content, right? Mm-hmm. And to build a long-lasting brand, to have the storied artist career that you're dreaming of, Okay. You can't just capture people's attention once, y'all. You're going to have to put out consistent content and consistently capture people's attention with each piece of content. And when I say people's attention, I'm not just talking about cold audiences and new people that can become fans. You've still got to be able to do that to your current fans. Mm -hmm. they still have to be made aware that something new is out
1: right hello pantheon podcast listeners christian swain here to tell you more about my experience with raycon earbuds our family now has three pairs of raycon earbuds around the house and my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price and yes she loves them now if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of raycons
2: So it's important, I think, to break down a little bit the difference between a tagline, a unique selling proposition, a mission statement, a purpose, and a hook point. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to give you a couple examples here that are really quick and I think easy to digest and easy to understand. And I'm going to ask you some questions, Brent. Nike shoes. Okay, what's their tagline? Just do it. Just do it, right? Their unique selling proposition is their shoes, okay? Mm Mm-hmm. Their mission statement, this is their mission statement, to bring inspiration and innovation to every athlete in the world. Yeah, I didn't know their mission statement, but I don't need to. But now that you tell me that, I can see it in what they did. You can see it, right? Now, here's their purpose, different than the mission statement. Their purpose is to unite the world through sport to create a healthy planet, active communities, and an equal playing field for all. So that's their tagline. We know their unique selling proposition. We know their mission statement. We know their purpose. What's their hook, Brent? What do you think their hook is? Mm. This one's going to make you think a little bit.
0: Yeah. I mean, the first thing I think of with Nike or Nike, however you say it, is the swoosh. That visual, the brand, the little swoosh thing on the shoes. But
2: what's their hook? What's the hook? What's going to get my attention? What's the hook? Is it athletes? Athletes? Pro athlete yeah, famous athlete. Exactly right. Celebrity yes. endorsements. Boom. LeBron James, Serena Williams, Kevin Hart, Michael Jordan. And they are, I think, the number one brand. I think they spend over six billion dollars a year in brand endorsements for this. Okay. They have a movie
0: coming out called um, oh is Air, maybe? But it's about the Nike. I think it's wanna say it's a Ben Affleck and oh Matt Damon movie about like Nike, Phil Knight and those guys deciding to make uh-huh. the Air Jordans. Oh yeah. And they're like, this kid was just drafted. You want to put this much money in
2: making shoes about him? Blah, blah, blah. Anyway, sidebar. It looks interesting. want to Check that out, dude. Yeah. It's a brilliant thing. And just side note, by the way, when Nike first came out, do you remember what the hook was when it first came out before they started doing celebrity endorsements? No. The only one I can think of is just do it. It was, they were the first ones to come out with a running shoe that had the waffle iron sole. Oh, Okay. So that was the hook. It looked different and it looked really cool. And then they started doing celebrity endorsements like way back in the day, like Prefontaine, the runner Mm -hmm. and an Olympic person. And then they sort of adapted from there. It's a little side point. But so here's the thing. Your hook points must evolve. And I want the science behind this. I think it's important that artists understand this. Right. Because I think it'll help separate the sort of icky emotion that so many artists have with promotion from the reality right so hook points must evolve because over time culture and consumers change Mm -hmm. so the hook points must adapt to meet their needs Mm -hmm. but the core values of a brand like nike will stay the same
0: it's the difference between like what strategy and tactics or something
2: yeah. So the strategies, the same. Tactics have to change. Right. So with each new hook point, what Nike is and what they do doesn't change. The hook point does. Mm-hmm. And another reason hook points must change is because markets become saturated. And what was once clever and an effective hook point quickly becomes mundane, ineffective and played out. Right? Yeah. So, in other words, like when you're changing hook points all the time, it doesn't mean it's changing who you are. It doesn't mean it's changing your brand. It doesn't mean it's changing what you stand for. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean it's changing your art. We're just changing ways to get people's attention and then bring them into what is the quintessential you as an artist. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, like on TikTok, All those, so I'm playing my new single
0: for my boyfriend for the first time. Here it is, we're in the car, right? Yeah. Like the first couple times, you're like, oh, let's see what happens. This is for real not staged at all and completely 100% legit. And then like the 5,000th time you've seen it that night while you should be sleeping, you're like, oh my gosh, if I see one more. He's hearing this song for the first time. Here it is. I don't care
2: anymore. And now now that hook point, which worked, is is now played out, right? Yeah. So if you're doing that you're already losing. You have to be the one innovating on the hook points. And let me just remind you, if you believe in your heart and soul that there's a life for you and you can make a living as an artist, mm-hmm. then you have to be a creative person. Am I right uh, in that? Yes. saying? Like you have. So, Don't underestimate your ability to be creative and innovative over here. Mm -hmm. You just have to put some attention into it and you're going to have to work out that muscle. And just like when you first go to the gym or you first go back to the gym after a long absence Mm -hmm. and two days after that first workout, you're in fricking pain. Like you can't believe (laughs) yeah, because it's sore, because you haven't been working that muscle. Like that's going to happen. Okay. But have some faith in yourself. So you know, you've heard us talk before about this on the podcast about this speaks to how powerful you can be now in the context of where the industry is, right? Where we have this crisis in music going on Mm -hmm. and nobody has created a solid, repeatable, dependable digital pipeline for marketing artists on a digital platform that was as reliable as terrestrial radio when terrestrial radio worked. Okay. Yes. Nobody's done it yet. And so, when we have this kind of paradigm shift, the Goliath of the world are extremely weak. and one of the things in this book that Brendan Fraser, Kane, sorry Brendan Kane talks about is the David versus Goliath story of Netflix versus Blockbuster. Hmm. Netflix had better hooks, right? Yeah, yeah. They're like no late fees when they were sending out DVDs. and then all of a sudden they started uh, it was the, the guy who started Netflix was on his way to the gym. When the subscription business model idea hit him, mm. like instead of charging them, why don't we just charge them a subscription rate? Yeah. Let's just do that. And then there's no late fees and we'll just ship them back and forth. And all of a sudden that's different than what you had to do at Blockbuster, which was, and by the way, that happened when the guy from Netflix who started Netflix rented a movie from Blockbuster. I, they said what the movie was. I forget what it was. And he was a late bringing it back and there's a $40 fricking late charge. And after he paid that and was pissed off about it, then he went to the gym and that's when he was like, Hey, hold on a second. Right. Mm-hmm. Because I remember
0: Netflix at the beginning, this is totally off the topic, but I think it was, you would only check out so many DVDs at a time. And you keep them as long as you wanted because there's a subscription. Yeah. But after you turn those in, then you
2: can get more. Yep. So you had to return them to get more. Right. But hey, if you keep them for three months, it's all good. We're cool. But Yeah, we're good. We're still getting your three months payment. So they innovated like a different hook point just on the physical DVD thing. And if you remember in a past episode, I told you that at one point Netflix had built up a subscription service now that was significant. They had, I think, like a million subscribers at 20 bucks a month, right? So that's $20 million a month. And they made themselves available for purchase to Blockbuster for $50 million. And Blockbuster turned them down. Well, 10 years later, Netflix's market cap is, I think it's over $160 billion, okay? And Blockbuster is bankrupt, And they're toast and they're over. But Blockbuster, who was the big giant Goliath, the number one, they owned movie rentals in the 80s and in the 90s. And their market cap, I think, got as high as $10 billion. And Netflix just smoked them. And at some point, what Blockbuster started to do was the same thing Netflix was doing. Okay, we're going to eliminate late fees now. Mm. Okay, we're going to and they started doing every copying Netflix. But at that point. It was too late like the hook was better so my point is like even on a microcosm level don't let the vastness and the sheer size of these numbers netflix versus blockbuster don't let that cloud the fundamentals of this the fundamentals work on your feed as an artist it's the same Mm -hmm. and if you take this seriously and you go down this road Then you will begin to stick out and start to see more success. And man, there's nothing, I mean, how, what is there a better feeling than somebody you've never heard of who reaches out on a DM and it's just like, man, this song just seriously changed my life. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to tell you, like, I love this. You know what I mean? And I can't think of better validation. More, that's more validation than a bank account. Yeah. So, There's a five-point process for getting into hook points here that we're going to go over right now. And Brendan Kane says, look, man, it's a simple process, but it's not easy, right? Mm -hmm. It's going to take practice. You're not going to come out of the box looking like a rock star, all right? You're going to have to make a bunch of mistakes. But if you put the time and energy and creative energy into this and start to go down this rabbit hole, this is maybe one of the most important skill sets you could possibly have. And the reason I say it's really important is because even if you're earlier on in your artistic journey and you're not a master of songwriting yet and you're on your way to that and you're not a master of knowing how to make a record and you're on your way to that and you're not a master of the live performance just yet and you're on your way to that, this will get you more fans than someone who is that doesn't do this. Mm -hmm. Let that sink in. Okay so step one study what works, right, study book titles, the four hour work week brent you you read that right I uh, got it on my shelf right over there,
0: yes, okay, and he's tried other titles, he workshopped that title,
2: yeah yeah he did Mm -hmm. so let's just talk about the content right is the content all about how to make a million dollars and only work four hours a week and not really no it's not so it's great content about how to maximize your time but the hook point sold the book right yes to the point where like when people come up and they ask him questions in interviews uh who's the author hey do you only work for tim ferris hey do you only work four hours a week no. Yeah. He knows you didn't read the book now. Mm-hmm. He knows you didn't read the book. But that's how hugely powerful that hook point was. That mm-hmm. book does not have the impact on society that it has had. And, and so let me ask you, let's just talk about the value of the content for a second, Brian. Okay. You read the book. Yes. In less than 30 seconds, what did you get from it? Like, was it worth it?
0: Yes, for sure. It's about cutting away the essential or the non-essential to get to the essential. It is about... How to get much more bang for your buck, like out of your time. You know how to delegate, eliminate, automate. If you all could only work four hours a week at your job, how could you make that work? Right to get that done. So there's just so many principles in there, and there are a lot of tactical stuff in there that may not be as relevant years later. And I know there are updated editions of it, but it's the thought process, right, mm-hmm. of going, okay, let's do. It's a
2: framework. It's a, it's a framework of
0: it, right? Right. It's a framework of going. Okay, what's my eighty twenty here? And what can I delegate? Eliminate, automate. How do I, instead of being, it's more important to be effective than it is to be efficient and those sort of things. Okay. So yeah, there's just so many frameworks that I still carry with me into what I'm doing in like both sides of my business, songwriting pro and
2: songwriting. So this content in this book, you would say is valuable to you and has changed your life for the better. Yes. In some way, right? Mm, Okay. So the point is, because of the hook point, there's so many more people that have experienced what you experienced, Brent, about that book. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's helped more people because of the care they took on the hook point. Mm-hmm. So, did the hook point devalue the content no. and the change in your life? No. It's probably what made you pay attention to it and give it a shot, mm-hmm. right? What's this about, right? It's like winning before you're spinning on a song title, right? Right. That's the hook point. Yep. So another book, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck, mm-hmm. The Counterintuitive Approach to Living a Good Life. Right, Is this book about being apathetic to life? No. But it's about where you need to place value and where you not need to place value. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're worried about what the Joneses think right down the street about you, and these people don't give a crap about you, well, any energy you spend worrying about that is a waste of your time. It's nonproductive in your life.
0: So it's selective, wise apathy.
2: Yeah. And so you see the hook
0: point there, right? If the hook were, if the title of the book were selective, wise apathy to improve your life, you'd be like, yeah, mm-hmm. where, where. but the title... Subtle hour not given an F, that gets your attention.
2: Yeah. Or how about, you know, the four hour work week, right? Like, here's how to become more efficient and focus on what matters. And, yeah. ah, no, there's no hook. Right. Right. What's the hook? So you want to look four at what, work that sounds fun. I'd like to do that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Four hour work week, you have my attention. Go on. Right. Yes, exactly. So look at social content, meme cards, headlines, concepts. I want you to look at them and I want you, when something grabs your attention, just take a moment and breathe and ask yourself why, mm-hmm. why do I like that? What happened? Right. Just start to get your antenna up and pay attention and start asking questions. Look at launch campaigns, like, you know, the Toba Bor 9 cent launch story. Another sort of launch campaign that happened, I think of um, real quick, is Wham! You know, they couldn't break into America. They were a huge selling artist in Europe. Mm-hmm. And that happens a lot, by the way, where American artists can't break over in Europe or big, huge European artists that are just rock stars over there, like household names. And we have no idea who they are over here because they can't, figure out how to cross the pond. That's where wham was until they were like the first Western pop artist to tour China. Yeah. Communist China. And that all of a sudden became the news and became the hook. And then everybody gave it a listen and guess what? It was great. And everybody loved it. And they sold another 10, 20 million records. Yeah. So look at article headlines, look at TV commercials, look at social ads. And now I'm going to give you like a really awesome, awesome freaking value ad right here. Facebook.com forward slash ads forward slash library. I'm going to put this link into the show notes. Mm -hmm. Facebook.com forward slash ads forward slash library. This is where you can go and search for a subject and see what ads are on Facebook running right now Hmm. and see what they're doing. So you can see what makes people click. Right. How are they structuring the ad? Like I'll give you an example that I've used before on the podcast. The dry bar comedy right this is a company that promotes comedians and they create content that has incredible hook points because they are understanding how it's consumed within a feed and a social media feed is where they're promoting the content so when you scroll through your feed you see here's a comedian he's got a microphone he's standing on a stage this is clearly a comedy thing mm-hmm. and the video starts playing right away there's subtitles there. Why are there subtitles? Because most people are doing this when they're not supposed to at work. So the sound is off. Mm-hmm. And what they pulp fiction the edit. That's the hook point. They pulp fiction and they start with the punchline. Mm-hmm. And so you see the punchline in the subtitle and you're like, wait, what? And you already know from the setup. That this is a comedian, and so this is supposed to be funny, right? Like, you know what it's supposed to be, and then here's this punchline that's just, you know, and then the elephant crapped out a purple Twinkie, and you're like, wait a second, what? Yeah, And you stop, that's the hook, Mm -hmm. and then you're going to watch that little five-minute performance from that comedian, right? Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, you're turned on to that comedian, and guess what? He's coming to your town. That's why it's in your feed. Right. Okay, do you see this? We do that a little bit on songs, doing the overture with some songs where
0: you start off the song with like part of the hook. Yep. Or even if it's not like a chorus first song, you part of the hook, or even we've done part of the bridge before something that's really super catchy. So su- I mean, that's the old rock thing of that riff that is just stuck in your head or whatever it is to make that promise to you. So that's like, in a way, when we do that, we're giving away part of the punchline at the very beginning of the song. And then yeah. we're launching it into the verse, but you're like, Ooh, that was tasty. I want
2: to hear this. <laughs> Super popular way to super popular way to write a song, Mm -hmm. right? Like, uh, I'm sorry, it's a super, it's a very common way that very popular. I mean, I think about Renegade, you know? Oh, Mama, I'm Mm -hmm. in fear for my two hooks, right? One is it's an acapella opening, yeah, and two it's the chorus, and it's like what? Like, oh my god, I love this! Like, let just cuts through
0: the noise because it has no
2: noise. (laughs) So. Applying this kind of structure, think about how many times have we talked about like creating interview content, Mm -hmm. right? Like on how you wrote the song, why you wrote the song, what's happening, and then having that hook, the musical hook, the chorus in the background Mm -hmm. while you're telling the story, right? So now what's the hook on the story? Where's the soundbite? Yeah. Right? If somewhere in this story you're talking about how you were eight years old and you watched your dad blow his head off with a gun and that's what turned you into an artist, right? Lead with that. Yeah. That's the hook, right? That's where you start out. Put a subtitle there. This is what I mean by hook points, okay? Like, we walked into the house and we knew right away that somebody was dead. Yeah. What? Or whatever the song was. Like, it could be funny. It doesn't have to be dark, you know? But just something that has, like, you're like, wait, what? Yeah. Now I want to hear the story. Mm -hmm. And then while I'm listening to the story, what am I also hearing? The song. And now your hook point has worked and you've got me consuming it. And now how many times can you do that before I get to seven and before I begin to start to like you, right? There it is.
0: I was thinking about when you said, because he, I've heard a story from my buddy, Steve Leslie. He did a recent Know the Pro with us over at Songwriting Pro, but he was telling the story of that song, Second Wind, which was a song for Dara Worley, country song. Mm-hmm. And where he's playing a show and a lady came up and told him how that song basically saved her life. She was in an abusive relationship and she heard that song on the radio mm. and she got up and she left. And now she's down in Florida and she's remarried and that sort of thing. Like there's a story there. Wow. If you leave with that going, she said the song changed her life and that changed everything about how I look at my own song. Here it is or whatever. And you kind of tell the story Then there's something there.
2: Yeah. And Okay. Now how about this? How about this artist? Okay. You got a song like that, something like that. If Daryl Worley and his team and his label didn't have good hook points and didn't market that effectively, the word that you hate, mm-hmm. the word that makes you feel icky and smarmy, mm-hmm. is that woman alive? Maybe not. Is she living her best life? Definitely not. Just let that sink in. Yeah. Okay. It's your duty to do better on hook points here. Also, look at print ads and make sure you look at that. Okay. Step two, we got to get going because we're running behind here. Step two, learn from what doesn't work, right? Mm -hmm. If it's too wordy, if it's confusing, if it's vague. If it's overused or too commonly used by other companies, like if you're now trying to just get on the TikTok thing to your point, Brent, and here I'm playing this song for my girlfriend the first time, and here we are. Like, I've already seen this, is what I'm thinking to myself. Even though it's a different person and a different song, I know how this movie ends. It's all the same. Yeah. Right. Right. And this is a really important one here, guys, especially on digital marketing. If it's not relevant to a specific audience. Mm -hmm. So your hook point, you know, maybe you're, Country artist, right? And maybe you've got a country artist with a specific song that is about a specific subject matter, right? So it's maybe about alcoholism, or maybe it's about true love, or maybe it's about great sex, or maybe it's about your best friends, like those boys did, Drinking on My Mind, right? Like it's about that. Well, if you're coming from a position on marketing that the hook point is about country music and you're trying to do that on digital, that's a mistake. Yeah, because, you know, what's going to talk to me is if there's a hook point in there about the specific subject matter of the song.
0: Like, uh, for example, the song Pontoon Mm -hmm. by Little Big Town or Redneck Yacht Club by Craig Morgan. Both songs about like pontooning. Yeah, there's a market you can tap into people that have expressed interest in that sort of thing. You can find them. And if you serve it up correctly, they're in because you're like, I could relate to that.
2: Yeah. It's like Lindsay Kirkendall says that the riches are in the niches, bitches. (laughs) That's right. So what's the niche on the song, right? And then how can you develop a hook point from that? Mm -hmm. That would be like, oh, okay. So what else doesn't work? Outdated or tone deaf in today's culture or society? This is probably maybe the one of the most egregious things that I see artists do specifically, is that your hook point assumes that people are already interested in the topic, Mm -hmm. the topic being you. Too many artists assume that everybody should be interested in their music and their brand because they're good or even because they're great. Mm -hmm. And I get that thought process. And so many of you are correct. In assuming that once somebody has come to experience your music and your brand and your artistry enough mm-hmm. that they're going to fall in love with you because that's been your artist experience, right? The people who do like you now and do respond to you, have, who have been around you enough times to take that in, have just fallen head over heels for you as an artist. Right. Mm -hmm. So I see where you come from on that. But you can't assume that they're interested before they know who you are. Right, You can't assume that they're interested after being exposed to you once or twice. Mm -hmm. That's not how the relationship happened with your current fans who know you and love you and show up to your shows. They have had way, way, way more exposure to you than once or twice, Mm -hmm. okay? And so it's wrong to think that just because it's good that they're just going to catch on right away. There needs to be more consistency. So the other thing is inauthentic. Don't be inauthentic. Don't be opportunistic, right? Like one of the examples that Brendan used was at one point during the Me Too movement, Gillette, who sells razors, right, Mm -hmm. got into an ad that was sort of trying to touch on toxic masculinity during the frickin' Me Too movement, Mm -hmm. and it was a shit show. Yeah. Because that's not what Gillette is about. Right. And they don't profess to be about that, and so it failed miserably and made them look stupid as a hook point Mm -hmm. as opposed to, I've got my opinions on this, but we can't deny the success of Nike and Colin Kaepernick. Mm -hmm. Nike's a little bit, their brand is a little bit more toward that. They're down that road. You know what I mean? So. Therefore, that whole play that they made with Colin Kaepernick, Love It or Hate It, was on brand for Nike. It was off brand for Gillette. Mm -hmm. And then because it was off brand for Gillette with the toxic masculinity, it feels cheap, inauthentic, and opportunistic. And it's a turnoff. And guess what? You're now the smarmy, crappy salesman that you were so afraid to be, right? Mm -hmm. And the final thing of what not to do is if it's not catchy, if it doesn't stand out enough, it's got to be... Clear and concise. And artists have to be careful. It's like, you know, I've been working with the the dirty names, like a rock band with Harrison Kofer's band. I love these guys. They're great. And they are just embracing full on, like we are making content, boatloads of content, and they are working their butts off. And there's a process of refining that. And the first things they're sending. So that so I am what I'm about to tell you about them is how proud i am of them these guys are just they're learning they're refining they're becoming better at flexing this muscle Mm -hmm. but in the beginning just like i promised you at the beginning of the show they sucked at it you know (laughs) the first show poster looked like somebody vomited on a freaking show poster i can't even see i know who the f is playing on the show and i can't find it on the poster and i'm looking at it (laughs) all right how the hell is anybody else who doesn't know who's playing who doesn't know what's going on gonna understand that because it was so busy you know what i mean right so it's got to stand out got to pop. It's got to be clear. Your font has to be readable, right? Mm-hmm. Instantly readable three seconds. So step three, create your own. And here's a great exercise. You get a call from the editor of Rolling Stone magazine because you're about to become my personal hero. And you're about to get a bucket list item that I always dreamed of my whole life that somebody's never, ever, ever, ever going to be able to take away from you. They're going to put you and only you as the artist on the cover of Rolling Stone magazine, okay? Mm -hmm. Here's a question. What do you want your headline to be? What do you want your headline to be, right? Brent Baxter, check it out. (laughs) 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 Exactly. So it's a headline exercise that I want you to do. And this is sort of similar in the approach to like the what we do with song title challenge, right? Dig down and write uh-huh. 25 different headlines. This is your action item for this episode. 25 different Rolling Stone headlines. And you know what? I want to invite everybody who's in the climb community to post their headlines for their Rolling Stone magazine. Mm. And can we make a post of that, Brian? Can we have, or, uh, Brian? Brian? Maybe do that or I don't know I said Brian. <laughs> I don't even know. I was, he was thinking Brian and, Ren, and it went to Brian and it was weird. <laughs> and I'm embarrassed. Yeah, no, yeah, we can do one. I have my American Songwriter
0: magazine here and it has Macklemore on the cover. Mm-hmm. So Macklemore, finding his purpose. And then a quote, when I go in, I go hard. Hmm, interesting, like, oh, what's going on there? Van Morrison returns with explosive spirit on new album. L. King finds her home in country music. Paramore, their first album in six years. Dirks Bentley, quote, I feel like I'm
2: always a student of songwriting. All right. Those are headlines, right? Those are good. So what I want you to do, and this is something like when I was writing blogs that I got very, very seriously into doing is... Okay, now you've got a blog. We want you've written this blog. There's valuable content in there. The headline is what's going to be the hook. And so you have to dig, right? Because I'll tell you the first like 15 headlines you write mm-hmm. are going to suck. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be where the low hanging fruit is that is mundane, overused, overplayed. But you have to get them out. You have to exercise that demon, right? Yeah. And get that out. And then when you start running out of ideas is when you really start to get creative. So I want everybody to post this we'll put a post up and i'll put something when i when we post the episode mm-hmm. that, that just says hey put your rolling stone headline below and comment on this and put your head headline below. Yeah. but come up with at least 25 headlines first okay on your rolling stone headline and use your name and what the headline will say and then start looking at what happens on the 26 27 28 and 29th headline yeah that's when they're going to get good okay so
0: Create your own. And, you know, you can treat this also like we do the song title habit. We've talked about a bunch. Every day, I come up with the song title. Mm-hmm. Got one of those line-a-day calendars. What if you apply that to other things like this? This is my headline. I'm going to come up with a headline a day, and that's just part of my process. I so come up with a headline a day. Or this month, I'm focusing on headlines. Next month, I'm going to focus on song titles. Next month, I'm going to whatever that is. Like, why can't that be a thing that you just consistently kind of work that thing out?
2: Yep. Yeah. All right, so step four, compare your hook points. So in the same way that songwriters, when they're starting out and they're amateur, believe that because they have this feeling in their heart and they talk about loving you in the moon in June, Mm -hmm. and there's just nothing there... And they feel something, but they're not communicating it very well. And that's the rub, right? That's where the craftsmanship comes in to where you can take somebody who has no idea Mm -hmm. what you're feeling because they can't feel what you're feeling, but you can so effectively describe it to them that you make them feel that way too. Yeah. All right. So compare your hook points, create that Rolling Stone headline. And if you're having trouble being sort of honest with yourself to determine which ones are best. Right. Cause it takes work sometimes to know the difference between being prideful on completing a song and then understanding that these three songs, this is an A song, this is a B song, this is a C song. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, and knowing which ones are better than others. So ask a friend, ask family, ask around. Post it in the climb community. Yeah. Love it. What we're you here for. Love it. I love that. Yes. So then step five test and Innovate. When we're doing our corporate marketing, I'm creating ads that drive traffic to this very valuable webinar about wealth protection and Mm -hmm. taxes, right? And how to be a student of the game in that regard for retirees. I have an ad that I know I want to put together. The ad is designed to tell you what's in the webinar why it matters to you, and there's a call to action. So the chassis, if you will, of that ad, the meat and potatoes of it, is exactly the same. Mm -hmm. But I'll have six to eight different ads that have a three to five second hook at the beginning Mm. because I'm going to test them. I don't exactly know which ones are going to resonate, mm-hmm. which ones they're going to respond to and which ones they're not going to respond to? And I am not so foolish right. and egotistical as to believe that I'm right. So I'm just going to test them, run those ads simultaneously, and they're going to tell me which one works better. Mm-hmm. So when you're doing this stuff, guys, you want to be constantly testing different hooks, and just even if you're doing it organically, man, like which one's got more reach, which ones reach more people? Mm-hmm. Oh. That's working. So let's go down that road and continue to do that. So those are the five steps there. Your biggest challenge, guys, to wrap this up. I know we went a little long, but I think it's really important. Experience and perspective. You can't get that until you start doing it. You need to be outside the box on your thinking. Stop trying to copy the music business. Stop trying to copy what other people are doing on TikTok. By the time you do that, it's already been played out. And what was a really great hook that you can recognize as a great hook has now become played out. Mm -hmm. So- you got to do something differently. Your other challenge is going to be time, research and analysis, development, iteration. But make the time the same way, Brent, that you say you got to make a time for your song title Habit Habit. And then you have to make the time for a song title challenge mm-hmm. because that's part of the craftsmanship. You don't just walk into a room and start painting the walls. Right. You got to move some furniture out or cover it up. You got to tape down the hardwood floors. You got to put the trim tape down. There's craftsmanship to painting a room correctly. And if you don't do a song title habit, and if you don't do a song title challenge, then it will directly affect the outcome of that song in a negative way. You will not have as good a content, a good a song as you could have. And the same thing goes for this concept here with hook points, okay? Another, obviously, challenge is going to be money. If you're investing in the wrong hook points or trying to force an ineffective hook point, I think that's where a lot of people get screwed, too. Like when they, And that, of course, affects your perception of how far your money is going to go. Because I've tried this before, and it didn't work. The juice wasn't worth the squeeze. Well, maybe that's because your hook points sucked. Mm-hmm. And that money, all of a sudden, if you have success, is going to go a lot farther. And now you're going to change like, oh, this is worth investing in right? I'm going to do this. Mm -hmm. And then finally, obviously creative resources, right? You're going to have to be your own copywriter, your own producer, your own editor, your own designer, but learn how to do this stuff because I don't care how good your fricking music is. I don't care how good of an artist you are. It won't matter if nobody's going to hear it and nobody's going to hear it. If you don't have the hook points. All right. Mm -hmm. That's the end. So (laughs) All right, guys, listen, man, go unscramble your brain from broadcast. I got a free gift from you. Go to giftfromjohnny.com, J-O-H-N-N-Y, and download the free PDF, Whoever Owns the Traffic Rules the Road. The more hook points you have, the more traffic you're going to create, the more you're going to rule the road, and the more other cash registers open up and make this whole thing a reality for you to where you can – In short order, replace the money that you're making on your side hustle with actual revenue from your artist career. That's what I want to see you do. So get from johnny.com. Join the Climb community. Don't forget your homework on the Rolling Stone headline. Tell a friend about it. This podcast exists because we want you to win. So keep on climbing. And we'll see you at the top.